Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back and happy Tuesday. Hope your week is off to an incredible start. I am over here trying to organize with Gay Tan the gifts that we are going to give to our guests at our wedding. Now we don't have a lot of people because we have had to cut it down to 25 people. So we are thinking about giving gifts like per couple. And we obviously want to give gifts that are reflective of us and things that we love. And we're cutting it pretty close to the date to like get this all done. But there's just been so many things up in the air in terms of how many guests we can have and restrictions and things changing all the time. So it's actually been really challenging to even plan for our wedding because again, you know, so many changes are happening. So pretty much everything's been kind of last minute. And I feel like all the wedding planning has happened in the last like uh, three weeks. Um, So it is what it is, just going with the flow. But we have this idea of giving some coffee beans, like organic fair trade coffee beans and some organic chocolate. Uh, That's what we're thinking of doing. We were also thinking of doing like a little health, like summer health, little goodie bag kind of thing with like some some of our favorite sunscreen and chocolate and a vitamin D. And I know it sounds kind of ridiculous, but at the same time, it really is such a small group of people. Obviously, everybody is going to get why we would be giving them those things because, you know, it's so representative of who we are and the things that we love. And I also feel like it's stuff that's actually going to go to use. Like all of our friends and our family use vitamin D and everybody loves chocolate and everyone's going to need some sunscreen for the summer. So anyways, I'm just getting really, um, it's getting down to the wire and I'm and I'm getting a little anxious in terms of what we're going to give, but this is what we've been thinking and uh, hopefully we'll have everything finalized by the end of this week in terms of our gifts and getting that package and getting that together. So I'm excited. I love giving people gifts and I just really want to give something that is going to be put to use, you know, isn't just going to be some like something that just gets thrown in a drawer and hidden away or something like that. And I'm all about the food. Like if it's something that they can eat or they can drink, well then awesome, let's do that. So those are some ideas that I have. If you have some other ideas, please share them with me over on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie. I would love to hear some ideas that you might have in mind. I had some people say that we should bake our chocolate chip tahini cookies and like package those up, but I'm just like... No one's got time for that. <laughs> I definitely don't have time for that. I could probably get some of my sister, sisters-in-law and, and some friends together to help bake cookies, but I'm just like, I don't really think they also have the time either. So as fun as that would be, I just, you know, time-wise, I, I don't think we can make that happen. So, so all good. So before we dive in our episode today, I had a lot of questions about our recipe club and if I could share what we have coming up in our recipe club. Yes, I can give you some insight into what's going on until September. And so for June right now, if you are in our recipe club, we actually had a nice little tech glitch happen a couple weeks ago where our August meal plan went out instead of June. So all good. Uh, We just had to swap those. But June is our quick and easy meal plan. So really quick, simple recipes that are going to take you 20 to 30 minutes to prepare. In July, we are releasing our summer shape up plan. So don't think about restriction or deprivation because that's not what we do over here, but really delicious recipes that are going to help with um, just like really help you feel confident and healthy in your body. And, um, you know, a lot of water dense veggies and fruits and things in there that can help with water retention as well. Um, So that's our summer shape up plan. In August, we are releasing our heart health meal plan. And then in September, we are doing our post summer reset plan. So some really fun stuff coming up. Our recipe club is only $9 a month to join. Our recipes are gluten free, most Most of them are dairy-free, grain-free, and soy-free, and we've really done our best to create just a wide variety of meal plans that include, you know, that that are going to be inclusive for everybody, some vegetarians and vegan and some 
some paleo and uh, we really exclude the most common allergens that are going to cause, you know, irritation and gut inflammation and things like that. So, and of course, with our with our meal plans and the recipes and whatnot, swap out what you don't like, make it your own. And um, we do often like to accompany our meal plans with some sort of bonus. Um, you know, we'll throw in a bonus every now and again, a gut health healing guide or a dessert ebook or a home hormone test lab guide and um, just give you some further details on health and hormones and, you know, helping you feel your absolute best. So we do throw in some extras every now and again, and those are some great bonuses. And I'm in the process of trying to organize a few bonus interviews and some guest experts to come on board and we'll host some uh, classes, some master classes specifically for those who are just a part of the, the recipe club. So again, it's super cheap and cheerful, $9 a month if you're looking for recipe support and meal plan support and just looking for some variety in your in your everyday cooking. You can head to holisticwellness.ca forward slash recipe club to get your hands on that and come join us. So right when you join, you'll get access to the current month's meal plan. And then on the first of every month, we send out our uh, our meal plan of the month with a grocery shopping list and recipe guide and all of that. So really juicy stuff. And it's really fun sending that out and seeing what you guys are creating. And many of you share your images, your food photos and what you've been cooking. You shared inside the Healthy Hormones Facebook community group. And I just really love seeing it. So thank you so much for that and for sharing that with us and cooking your way through our recipe club. And um, we've heard from so many women who have felt so much lighter. Their PMS pain has been reduced. Um, so many women have been struggling with, you know, even just going gluten-free and going grain-free and finding some really delicious and healthy alternatives. So we've just gotten some amazing feedback. And again, Thank you so much for sharing that with us. All right. So again, before we dive into our episode, I want to remind you about the coupon code that we have with Organifi. You can save 15% off if you head on over to OrganifiShop.com. And I speak about the Harmony product a lot because it really is one of my absolute favorites. Harmony is a blend of herbs to really support women's cycles and PMS pain and really help to um, energize the body, reduce bloating and moodiness. And it really is delicious. It tastes like a decadent hot chocolate. I love it so much. And it's something that you can drink at any time of the day. And that is really my go-to product right now. It is called Organifi Harmony, and it's made for healthy hormones. And the coupon code to save 15% off the Organifi site is healthy hormones. So just enter that at checkout, and then you'll save your 15%. And then their green juice is really one of their best sellers. So if you have been looking for a way to add more more vegetables and just more nutrients and minerals to your body, then definitely check out the green juice. It is really one of the best tasting green juice products on the market. And um, it is loaded with just so much goodness. They have so many amazing customer reviews and it's just a really good tasting product. So if you've tried other green powders on the market, I know it might sound a little misleading because it's called green juice. So you think it's like it's going to come in a juice form, but it's actually a powder and you're going to mix it into some water and then you're going to drink it that way. And uh, it really does help to reduce cortisol, which you know is going to help with maintaining a healthy weight and supporting your adrenals and supporting your thyroid. Um, and it's really going to help with just you know supporting those stress levels. It is keto-friendly, dairy-free, gluten-free, soy-free. It's vegan. It's USDA certified organic. And it just contains a boatload of amazing nutrition from organic wheatgrass powder and spirulina and some matcha green tea, which is going to give you a bit of energy. There is organic coconut water in there, Ashwagandha, some red beetroot and turmeric, so very anti-inflammatory. It also has a little bit of spearmint in there, organic spearmint flavor and mint, which is probably why I like it so much because I really love that taste. Um, and it has like this really nice refreshing taste to it. And they do sweeten it with monk fruit, which is great. So check that out at OrganifiShop.com, the Organifi green juice, and you can save 15% with the coupon code HEALTHYHORMONES. All right. So our episode today, I'm really excited to be interviewing one of my girlfriends, Janet Parsons. We are diving into 
rock bottoms and intuition and connecting with your higher mind and what that all means. Janet Parsons is a psychic medium, an energy healer, and visual artist. Through her mentoring, she is committed to helping those feel lost, stuck, or disconnected, find their way back home to their inner compass and creative power. She is also devoted to bringing messages of love, hope, and healing to the bereaved through her private readings. Janet believes in the divine orchestration at play and that both the highlights and hardships hold great purpose along our soul's path. Our conversation today was really beautiful. We talk about Janet's journey of losing two of her closest friends and going through that loss and that grief and how that's really played a role in her personal journey and in the work that she does today. We talk about creativity and the connection between nurturing our spirit and how that impacts our levels of creativity. We also talk about intuition and how you can really explain what intuition is to someone who is maybe more analytical or intellectual. And then how do you really discern between your higher mind and your intuition versus your fear-based voice that might be speaking to you? So it's a really beautiful conversation and she offers some really great tips and insights for how you can reconnect to yourself and, and reconnect to your intuition. So enjoy today's episode. Let's dive in. Hi, Janet. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. Thanks for being with me. Thank you so much for having me as your guest. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, my pleasure. It's going to be really fun. And before we dive in, can you share with our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, I'm I'm many things. (laughs) I tend to have a long uh, title sometimes. Uh, But I'm a psychic medium. I'm an energy healer. I'm a visual artist. But really, I'm here to help anyone tap back into their intuition, their creativity, and really help anyone who's along a path of loss or transition and really reinventing themselves after hardship is what I'm passionate about. Yeah. (laughs) That's beautiful. That was really well said. Well, we're going to talk about so many great things today. Definitely intuition, mediumship, all that fun stuff. It's going to be really great. And you did mention loss and grief and whatnot. And I know that you've experienced, you know, loss and have dealt with the grief of losing a very close friend. And I'd love to know how that played a role in your personal journey and the work that you do today. Yeah. um, Actually, it was two of my best friends um, and they both passed away in a very short period of time within three months. Um, When I was quite young, I was in my mid twenties And, uh, you know, feeling like that's not something I would ever have to experience. And really, it led me on a path of just a lot of my own self-healing. Grief, for me, really brought me into what many would describe as, you know, a dark, dark night of the soul. It really changed the trajectory of my life in a way that I, I feel like in the moment was hard to find any silver linings within, but as I sort of went along my journey, realized it really awakened a lot of gifts within me. That's awesome. I love that. I mean, like you said, losing somebody in your 20s, is that's a really hard time. And I also feel like it's a time where we feel like, like just we're bulletproof, like nothing, nothing's going to happen to us at that time in our life. Right. So I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love how you took this experience as difficult as it was and like really transformed it into, into healing. So what did that healing process really look like for you and over overcoming that? Well, I mean, at first it was a lot of counseling and like working with, with a lot of therapists and support groups that really specialize in things, you know, around grief, right? Because it can be such like a lonely process feeling like, um, you're the only one experiencing it in that sort of way. You know, some people, um, grief looks completely different and, you know, they might be sad for a while and, but still kind of, you know, are functioning really well and just sort of move on with not move on, but like are navigating life a little bit differently. Um, and so for me, I felt almost like everything I was experiencing was so foreign and there was something wrong with the way that it was being expressed in me. And so having those groups and those guides really helped me, you know, normalize what I was actually going through um, in a way that I could not only understand it, but really be more gentle with myself and, and embrace it in a different way. 
Right. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. So that was sort of the start of, of how I came to start doing a lot of healing work. Um, but then that really led into a lot of deeper trainings around um, my energetic body. Like I got into Reiki and um, ended up becoming a practitioner, but mostly it was for my own understanding my own body and my own anxiety and fear and um, how to really take more ownership and like responsibility of how I was uh, managing my grief and not feeling like I always had to look to somebody else to, to help me. And that led into lots of other things, yoga trainings and, and kind of really brought me on a deep spiritual path. Um, yeah. Of really ex- exploration of different things. That's amazing. And so I feel like a lot of us hit these different rock bottoms in our life and I'm sure maybe that's maybe what you kind of went through at that at that point in your life. Um, how do you feel like some of these rock bottoms can be a, a gift or really like a blessing in disguise for us? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you can put those words to it now, <laughs> but sure. it definitely didn't back then. Um, I find for me, I was searching for a silver lining when it was actually, you know, when I was in the midst of it and it wasn't coming. And I think that's what most people experience in a deep, loss or hardship of any kind, because we want to make sense of it. Like, why did this happen? Why were these people taken? Um, You know, what did I do to deserve this? You know, I'm a good person. And we have sort of a a crisis that happens around that. Um, A lot of questioning and uncertainty. And so I feel like it took me years and years to come into seeing how those experiences are exactly where I teach from today. You know, I am a big um, believer in the soul contract or sacred contracts. And, you know, I believe that we do have agreements to to live out here, like assignments on the planet. And, you know, one of my major archetypes is the healer. And it's interesting. One of my teachers would always say, you know, anyone given that archetype is given also an initiation period, <laughs> aka dark night of the soul, if you will. Right. Um, and has to go through a journey of healing something themselves to really have the wisdom or have the experience to share with someone who's, you know, a version of the past them, really. And so I, I know that losing, you know, two of my best girlfriends was, you know, a part of that, a part of that initiation, a part of that um, having to really experience deep darkness so I could actually really meet someone where they are today. You know, my, a lot of people I work with are deep in that same space. And so me having the ability to really, you know, travel back there inside myself gives me that, um, it just creates a space where they feel like they're held and like I can resonate and we just can be, we can go there together, you know? For sure. Yeah. That's really beautiful. So I'm assuming throughout this entire process, well, I know, cause I know you very well, but <laughs> yes. you know, a lot of this has helped you develop your intuition. Yes. Right. And you know, how would you explain intuition to someone who's more like analytical or intellectual and just can't really like grasp what it means? Well, first of all, what's funny about that is I, because I don't, I often don't operate as much in my logical analytical mind. (laughs) It's almost hard for me to be on the other side of it. Um, And I was, I was just sort of reflecting on that, how interesting that is, but I guess that the simplest way I can describe what it is, is that it's kind of to to create the contrast between them. So I find when I get an, an intuitive, you know, guidance or message or, um, I hear that voice. It often is so simple, like it's direct, it's easy to understand. Um, it almost has a strong stance to it mm. and there's not any extras. It's just sort of like this. Okay. Right. Whereas I find the logical analytical mind, when that starts to roll in, there's like stories and expectations and questions and, uh, wanting certainty. And so I, if I were to discern, I think intuition's like a strong feeling for most people. Um, and, and again, it differs, but like for me, it's like a strong feeling in my gut or like my solar plexus area. So it's more of like the center of my body. 
Whereas if it's my mind, I, I literally feel like it's landing more in my mind. And that's the way it shows up for me. Um, but interesting that a lot of um, a lot of teachers say like your solar plexus is called your second brain. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, you're like, oh, I got that gut feeling. And right. it feels so like powerful and and true, right? There's no like, uh, there's no confusion around it. I love that. And so yeah. is that how, because I'm sure a lot of people think, is this my intuition or... Like what, what is this voice? Is this fear? Is this coming from a place of love? Like, I feel like a lot of people don't know how to really discern that or even trust the voice that's really coming through. Yeah. Well, like one of my favorite quotes I've shared around intuition is the limbo of our indecision is an indicator that we are not listening. And so I'm a really big believer that whenever we feel like we're in that sort of fog or that haze or stuck in indecision, it's usually never or not usually, it's never that we don't know the answer, right? It's almost always from my experience and my clients, it's always that like they're not listening to the signals that are coming. Mm-hmm. It's either they haven't created space like to hear the answer they're, you know, to the question they're asking <laughs> or they're just not, they're ignoring the signals that are so obviously there. And so I think, us saying like, I don't know, or I'm unsure is usually just a way to um, almost protect ourselves from having to take action on anything. Right. Cause our intuition, like I said, is usually direct, simple, clear. Right. But that doesn't make it easy to hear what that truth is sometimes. Right. Oh, totally. Yes. Cause then we're like, oh shit, now I know the truth. Like now I actually have to be responsible to do something with this truth. Right. So I, I think that's a big, um, a big part of the discerning is if I feel any indecision around it, I know that uh, my higher mind's trying to get through, but my like fear and my ego and, um, you know, survival mechanisms are so strong that it's kind of like it's dulling the, it's kind of turning down the volume a little bit. I don't know if I answered that question, but no, I can totally relate to that. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> my analytical brain and logical brain tries to take over a lot of things. Yes. Um, so I totally get that. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about like how we can actually tap into our intuition. Cause you know, you've mentioned things like if you're asking a question or if you're not creating space or getting quiet enough, like you're going to miss the signs. Like what, what does all of that mean? And yeah, like, are these some tools that we can use to connect to our, into our intuition? Well, I think because the signals are so different for everyone, I think that's the first like kind of step one is understanding how how that shows up for you. Like I mentioned, for me, it lands physically. I can feel it in my body. Um, but some people, you know, it might be a different, they might see a color, they might um, hear, a, hear a voice that sounds a certain way. Uh, so I think a very simple exercise um, that one of my teachers shared with me is simply saying a statement out loud that is true. So it could be something simple like, I love cats. <laughs> and you keep repeating that. I love cats. I love cats. And you just sort of land in that and with a bit of space and just feel what the truth feels like. Mm. Like notice what you see, smell, hear, and then just sort of take some time after. You can kind of get up and like distract yourself a little bit. And then sit back down and do the same thing, but say that you hate the same thing you loved. It's like, now I hate cats. I hate cats. And like, what is that? Like, how does your body and your spirit respond to a lie? Hmm. And that's just like one sort of, you know, simple way to start to um, become more aware of what a lie and what a truth feels like and how you experience that. Um, And what's interesting is I find for myself and in my work, people can usually go back to a time where they have betrayed their truth in some way or went against their intuition. Right. Right. And it's almost like people can grasp that so much quicker than the opposite of when they trusted it. Right. And so I always say, well, if you're not sure how it shows up for you, look to when you went against it. And, And what was that experience like? Um, cause a lot of people, they really like allow that reasoning to really override the message that they're getting. Um, so even for you, like how has that shown up in your life where you've had 
you know, you've had a, a gut feeling, you've had an intuitive message, and then you chose the opposite direction. Yeah. Oh my God. As you were saying that I was already thinking of, of different scenarios <laughs> in my life. Like I actually have scenarios of when I know when I trusted mm-hmm. my gut and how that okay. actually felt like the one that comes to mind. And I will never forget that was the moment when I got fired and yes. I will never forget walking into that meeting and getting fired. And I knew I was getting fired. Like I, I, fully manifested the whole thing. I knew it was happening. I remember this. Yes. And then I knew it was happening. And then, you know, I I got fired, signed the paper, whatever left. And I was just in this like bliss. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. Like it was a deep knowing that this needed to happen. Like the universe did for me what I couldn't do for myself. And this needed to happen as like a push, you know, it was pushing me in the direction that I needed to go. And I got into my car and I called Gaytan and I was like, I got fired and we're going out for dinner and celebrating. (laughs) Yes. Like I celebrated that moment because I felt it like so deeply that this is, this is what I'm, what I meant to do. Like Mm -hmm. I've got to go off and be on my own. And yeah. So like I, yeah, it was like, bliss it was joy it was just like so easy and exciting and and then i also think about on the opposite side like staying in a relationship for too long yes you know? and just like people pleasing and being in that relationship because of what others thought you know and what my family thought and just being so scared of what others would think if i left that relationship and then you know all of that and just knowing that it wasn't for me but i hung on for way too long And it just felt so, just so out of alignment, so heavy. Like it was just a heavy feeling of like just carrying this around when it's not not meant to be mine to carry anymore. I have to let this go, right? Yeah. Yeah, And that's a big, um, well, a very common way to describe it is like the heaviness versus the lightness. Mm -hmm. Um, When we feel or hear something that's true to us, it does, like I said, it has a simplicity. And then when we are on the opposite side of it where we feel like we might do something that might betray or that wouldn't honor that part of us. There's like heaviness, there's a complexity to it. Hence why you talk about what are people going to like think? How is this going to impact that person? That's when I said like the extra, it's almost like extra clutter gets attached to the one simple statement that we're already like aware of. We already know of. So I think it's for each of us to look at, even to explore in a journal, like what was a time that I know for sure I honored my truth and I did it with more urgency. Like what was that whole experience like versus a time that I went against, you know, that internal compass and what did that, what was that experience like? Mm -hmm. Because I think we often need the contrast of our own experience to, to, to really get how to discern for ourselves. Totally. What that, both mean. Right? That makes a lot of sense. That's a really, it's a really great exercise. I love that. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that with us. Of course. I'm sure you have plenty of different <laughs> ways that we can connect with our intuition, but that's, that's a really great one. So I know that, well, again, because I, I know you, <laughs> you are an amazing artist and you spend Thank a lot you. of time painting. And for those listening, I'm sure they've probably seen your artwork in my office and up on my wall and, and whatnot. Um, and so have you always been into art? Like, was that something that like, even from a young girl, like you were just very creative and loved painting? Like, yeah. When did you like really tap into that creativity side of you? Yeah, definitely. Since I was a kid, I've always loved, yeah, anything creative from like, even like more of dance and arts and singing. Like I was always making fun videos and performing in some way or playing with Play-Doh. And, you know, I was always creating. Yeah. But I think it was something that, you know, I guess being around different people and stuff, I always looked at it as more of like a hobby and something I was just talented at and um, still a gift of mine. Like I had a a mother who really nurtured um, that part of me and wanted me to succeed and, you know, just really elevated that. Right. But it wasn't, I think until probably my, yeah, my twenties when I was kind of like, Oh, like maybe I could actually do something as a career with this and that this isn't just, you know, a side thing. Um, I just kept getting the urge to take like classes. So I would take classes at a gallery and, you know, privately. And I started to really, I don't know, really 
feel the importance of what that was for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just thought I kept feeling the call. Like, what if I went to art school? Like, what would that look like? And, you know, what would this, like, what would this develop into? And yeah, I, I just got that drive and I, and I started to work, work my ass off to, to get into a, a really, you know, a school that was known for that. And um, yeah, I ended up getting accepted after a lot of hard work sure. and, uh, and then five years of more of it. Yeah. So I do, um, I did take um, an illustration degree uh, is my, my secondary education there. And then I got passionate about teaching art. So it's been a, yeah, a big part of my path as well. Um, I feel like it really incorporated lots of things I loved as far as creativity, expression, just feeling like I could channel my experiences into something beautiful um, and then sharing that with others, like kind of sparking that same flame for other kids and teens and adults too. That's awesome. Do you feel like it played a role in your healing process? Yeah. I mean, it always has, I think more than I realized, but then after the grief, it's, uh, it became something that, how would I explain it? I went through sort of a journey of feeling like I couldn't create after that. I I went through that depression right? when my friends died. So there was almost this like push and pull of like feeling like that part of me had sort of left me and sort of, it made me value it even more um, as I started to come back to it, knowing that it didn't go anywhere. I just wasn't in the space to make something at that time. Um, But when I did start to create after that, I just feel like it, I had so much more depth with it. It's like I used it to really, you know, I love the word alchemize because I really used it to really turn that pain and that emotion um, into something that felt helpful, you know? So I, something I once resented as this took me off track or this was, I wasted so much time. Like I had all this time and I couldn't, I couldn't uh, make anything. And it was really, it was really debilitating for me because that was how I identified myself with as someone who makes things beautiful um, and who is a creator. And so feeling like that part of me was kind of um, not as present. It, yeah, it almost, the, the journey back to that really helped me, yeah, place more value on my ability to do that. That's awesome. And do you feel there's a connection between spirit and creativity? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And there is a a quote that one of my teachers used once, which really landed this for me. She said that like our spirit is actually the vessel for which we create. Mm. So it's actually like the one in the same, right? It's like, imagine our, our body and our, as we're walking around, like we use our hands and our eyes and our, all of that to actually make something. Um, And so the more that we sort of nurture our spirit in whatever way that looks like for, you know, each individual, the more we just, we're more open to that creativity. It's like the more we like trust what we're meant to like move into form. So I think it's just like, now I look at creativity and my spirit as like the same. Mm. They're just one in the same. I love that. I feel like a lot of, a lot of your artwork is very spiritual. Like there's Mm -hmm. this very spiritual component to it. Like that's how I would kind of describe it. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's what happens for any type of artist. It doesn't have to be, you know, any kind of visual artist, but, you know, even thinking about music or performing anything, you know, you can feel when someone has pulled from a really deep place and it doesn't have to be of pain. It could be of falling in love. It could be of, you know, a breakthrough they had, but you can almost like, it's like a different visceral sort of feeling when you're watching someone or, viewing something, uh, could be a picture. You just kind of, yeah, it has a different meaning. It has like more layers to it. Cause I I've done both. I've created things just cause I have to, you know, for school, there's right. times where I'm like, I'm not into this project, right? but I have to do it. <laughs> right. right. And so I do it and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't move me, which mm-hmm. is fine. Like, you know, all those were part of the growth period. Right. Um, but I find when I actually create something that moves me, it like other people feel the same. Oh, totally. Because they they resonate to that same feeling. So it's like, oh, I get it. I don't even have to explain it to them. Mm-hmm. And they might get a completely different expression of that. 
it's actually fascinating what people see in my art. I'm like, oh, I didn't even see that. But their (laughs) connection to it is like more powerful, not more powerful, but powerful in a completely different aspect. Right. Totally. Oh, I love that. So, you know, you've gone through all these different phases as we all do in life, (laughs) right? Like art and then teaching art. And Mm -hmm. then I know you were getting, at one point you were really frustrated with like teaching and wanting to like break free and dive into something new. And then I know more recently you've been really on this journey with like psychic mediumship and, and whatnot. And it's been amazing. And I feel like ultimately is something we all kind of have within us. It's just a lot of us don't cultivate it. And like you said earlier, you know, we don't spend that time to really tune in or create the space to, to really, you know, cultivate it. And so have you always felt this call to really dive into mediumship and like, have you felt, always felt like you've had these psychic abilities? Yeah. Well, two parts to this, cause you're touching upon leaving something I once was a huge part of me mm-hmm. and still is, but mm-hmm. in that expression. So I do want to touch upon something cause it really connects to, um, intuition and making decisions based upon that higher mind when we don't have everything figured out. (laughs) Because this is quite a a recent transition for me, um, really just in this last year. And so I just want to share how my higher mind was coming through to me when I was getting the message to leave my career. Um, and, And just to sort of presence that with like, there was nothing wrong with my job as far as like, I wasn't miserable. Um, If anything, there was all pluses to it. So, you know, it was really confusing for me to get the message to leave something when I had like all these things lined up for me, like on paper, I guess you could say on paper or more logically, I was like, okay, I I finally have a job that I've literally searched for for years. Uh, It's close to my house. It's like five minutes away. I get paid really well, which is really hard to find in this industry often. Mm -hmm. Like I love my students. I have a beautiful bond with them. I get to share what I've spent years studying and and I'm passionate about. So like all of those things were there. Totally. And so when I was getting this message to like, it's time to leave, I'm like, but why? (laughs) Well, like this makes no sense. Um, Knowing I wanted to dive deeper into, you know, my mediumship and the psychic work and all of that, but just sort of being confused around like, why do I have to leave this to be, to kind of go deeper there? Got it. You know, it's, I still have lots of time like to do that. So why? And, and that's what uh, gets in the way, right? We want to understand how this is going to work out for us. <laughs> like, okay, if I trust this and I, I make this choice to put in my notice, how is this all going to pan out for me? And, and that's the thing with, with honoring those messages, we don't, we usually or never have the plan afterwards. Totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so it was interesting for the longest time, like I would get a whisper about that. And I always say, like, I, I promise to like honor my whispers, like before they turn into like the loud screams and I'm miserable. And I could start to feel that coming in where I was like at work and I was like, oh, I love this. But then I would have a moment of like, someone else out there loves this even more right now. And like, if I'm not a hundred percent in, like I once was like, I'm all, I'm almost taking someone's spot. Who's a hundred percent in. Totally. And when I started to look at it that way, I'm like, Oh, cause I remember my initial, you know, just like full force excitement and dedication and just boom. And, and to see that starting to shift, I was like, okay. So it actually started to feel a bit out of integrity from that standpoint of like, I don't want to take up space for someone else that's like ready to come in, you know? Um, and so those whispers kept coming and coming. And I was like, okay. And they did start to get a bit louder. And so for me, that's how I notice. okay, this isn't just like um, a fleeting sort of, you know, saying that like, okay, things I'm pondering on, right. like this is actually coming from, I like to say my higher mind. Cause when it, for me, my higher mind actually feels like it comes I know this might sound like more, you know, woo, woo, but it does feel like it comes more from my upper, like my crown of my head, like my crown chakra. It feels like it's coming from up and above. And so it often feels to me more of like a divine message. Like it's actually more like about more than just me, like me, Janet, like walking this planet, doing this thing. It feels like 
more people are going to be impacted. Like this is, this is more important than you kind of thing. Yes. Um, and so when I started to feel that and really notice the weight of that, I was like, okay, like it's time. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how it really showed up. There was all of these reasons not to leave, like so many not to leave. And all I had, as far as a decision to leave mostly was just like, this is what my like internal guidance system has been telling me repeatedly. And I know there's, there's so much, there's so much into that, that I don't know of yet. And so I just wanted to share that because it kind of, you know, connects the dots of a couple of these things as far as, yeah, the logical, analytical and uh, <laughs> intuitive totally sort of brain, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, and so what's interesting about that is as soon as I did put in my notice, even though I always had lots of space to develop more of my psychic mediumship, it just sort of like I became, I just dove like headfirst. And so it was just that one choice really, um, cause I'd been developing like simultaneously a bit, but it kind of just like, it allowed me to be like, okay, like I'm a hundred percent here. And it, there was just a, a major shift that happened. Um, sorry, I don't know where you wanted me to go from there. No, that's all good. I was just curious more of like how, how that started, like how you made that shift. Yeah. Which, which you explained. Yeah. How you dove into that. And now, and like now where it has it gone and how have you cultivated more of that like psychic connection and what's been showing up for you lately? Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking back to like, cause this has been a long time coming if you must, because I've like, I've always been intuitive for sure. Always had psychic, you know, more, I guess you could say moments of it. Um, and just very empathic. Like I would always, that's why I got into energy work in the first place. Um, like Reiki, you know, I would be able to, to feel what areas of their body had a loss of power. And usually things would come to me around what that was connected to. And so I knew that there was always that, um, that like gift or ability was there. Um, but it wasn't really something I maybe had the same language to <laughs> maybe I didn't call it that. Um, but when I started to give different Reiki sessions and I would have my hands on a client and just be in that intimate space because you're, you're literally tapping into their auric field, which has tons of information, right? Like the chakras are like these data banks that hold information and um, they, you know, connect to different aspects of our physical body. They, they really um, give us information around like where we're invested and also where we've give, like I said, like betrayed ourselves. So it has so much in there and so whenever I would be giving an energy clearing, I would be picking up on that psychic information. And I just didn't call it that. Right. Um, and the mediumship was just sort of also, I guess, the next like level to that. Um, but it was happening organically. Like I would start to get um, what we call impressions from the spirit world. So I'd have like visions or I would hear things and feel things. And I'm like, wait, this doesn't have to do with the client or me. And at first I was having trouble discerning that. And then I started to really like notice what was happening. I was like, oh, okay, I get this. And I, I just need more, I need teachers to help me like harness it and For really sure. develop it in a different way. And that's when I was like, okay, like I kept getting the nudge to hire a mentor and um and really just to start to own it and declare that this is like a big part of my path and this is it. Like <laughs> this is what it is. And so that was sort of the uh the gateway of how it started happening. Um, and, and I've, I'll also say like, I've always felt super connected as far as my own spirit team, like my friends that passed away, I would always know when they're giving me a message mm -hmm. or signs from them, or, um, I know they're kind of in the space with me. For sure. So like, I've always known that, but it's more been my personal, you know, my personal team, not other people's. Uh, so that became a part of me that felt I would have to say even more sacred than anything I've ever done before. Um, like I mentioned before, it felt far more about, I don't know, the people I was here to help. And so was everything I did, but there was like a different responsibility to it. It was almost like, if I don't go in this direction, like there's going to be a huge cost to that. Hmm. Like, I, I don't know if I've ever felt that before, like to that degree of like, it just wouldn't have been good for my spirit. My spirit would have been depleted if I didn't honor that. That's awesome. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And I mean, 
I do think we get so caught up in like, just going back to your story of you leaving teaching art Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's the same thing for me. Like I had the voice for so long, like, you know, leave this job, just go do your own thing, go do your own thing, which is always followed by, but how, Mm -hmm. but how, how?" right. And it's just like, you get so wrapped up in, but like, how will I do this? How will this work out? You know, how do I get started? And you get so paralyzed by that. And so again, just going back to my story of when I was fired, mm-hmm. like I didn't know the how. I had, I had no idea what I was really doing, how I was doing it, how to get started. Like I just knew that this was it. Like yep. that moment had to happen and I went out and I celebrated it. And I just like you, I dove in 100% full force. And I was like, this is it. There's no plan B. Like this is, this is what I'm doing. And I very similar to you, like had that very deep connection of like, oh yeah, if you don't do this, like Mm -hmm. there's going to be a cost to this and you're going to, same thing, you're going to feel depleted and like, you got to do the thing that lights you up and like, you'll figure it out. Like, and I say it to all of, as I'm sure you do with your clients too, is like, you don't need to know the how. You yeah. just need to know that this is what's right for you. And you're going to, you know, you entrust that, that like you're feeling so called to do this and excited by it and lit up by it. Like, just go. The, exactly. the how will come. The how. Yes. Will. <laughs> yeah. When things are repetitive in that way, um, I don't know, it, it does it. And you listen, it really does build like the self-trust muscle, mm-hmm. right? And the self-esteem, like people often come to me with, like in a haze of indecision or just feeling stuck and all of that. But like I mentioned before, it's like, once you like peel back the layers of like the stories and the questions and all of that, which is often us in our survival mechanisms, like I need to know. And like all these things, all these ways of being show up that block the essence of us, right. the essence of us is also simple because we're just being exactly what we are. <laughs> we don't have to try. We don't have to like do anything. We just are. And so I think it's, it's really about, yeah, peeling it back to its like most simplest form. And, and you can even hear it within people's language sometimes. Like I'll have a client who, you know, wants to kind of reflect something back to me or vice versa. And I'll notice like when they first start speaking about the option that they actually truly want. <laughs> and they totally. usually start start with that. It's like their language is so much more like pronounced and like clear and just powerful. And again, it's just like, oh yeah. Okay. That's what you want. And then they start going in all this next, these next options. Yeah. Oh, but what if I do this and this becomes this and this becomes this. And then I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And I've actually told them at one point to listen back like to their voice message. I'm like, can you see when you switched out of your intuitive higher mind to like your fear-based mind? Yes. It was just so obvious. It is so obvious. Yeah. And then they hear it and they're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just funny. We know, like we mm-hmm. do intuitively know, like you said, we're, yeah. we're actually, we're speaking it, we're saying it, mm-hmm. but we aren't trusting it and we're yeah. not, and we're getting again, so caught up in the, but how and why and this and this and that, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, it just takes us into that fear and then it paralyzes us. And then we repeat the cycle again. Yeah. Right. And that's why I say it's like a muscle, um, even as I develop more like psychically to read for other people, it really is every time you trust even the smallest nudge, it builds the muscle. So the next time that that uh, voice speaks or that feeling comes, you, you have the confidence to trust it again. Cause like, Oh, when I trusted it the last time, everything actually led to, you know, what, what I really wanted or how it was meant to, like, you have more of the, more of the faith of like, what's, what's really at play. Um, and every time on the opposite side, every time you don't trust that it weakens the muscle and then you get foggier and heavier and more indecisive. Yes. So I think it's really to strengthen it and to develop intuition at its simplest form is like trust the first, usually it's the first thing that comes Mm -hmm. like first thought, best thought almost always is the honest one. So it's kind of like, it could be as simple as like deciding, what you want to eat. You're looking yeah. at the menu. It's like, do you want this, this, and this? It's like usually the first thing that your kind of gut was like, yeah, I want that. Totally. But then you start looking, you're like, oh, but what about all these options? <laughs> and then really it was the first thing you wanted. 
you know that's so funny so you're making yeah. me think back to like <laughs> I'm saying this because I used to be indecisive right yeah now. totally and now I'm just like this is what I want <laughs> <laughs> No, I love it. You're, you're making me think back to like school and like multiple choice answers Mm. and just certain subjects and things that I had zero desire for zero interest in. Like I could study for hours and weeks and nothing would land because it was just, yeah, it was just not what I was interested by any means. And I'd go and write these tests and I would just be like, oh my God, I'm just going to pick the first thing. (laughs) I'm answering, picking the first multiple choice that feels intuitively right to me. And like, that's it. And that's how I did many of my (laughs) tests. That's how I got A's. (laughs) That's how I did that. So not that I would necessarily recommend that, but (laughs) That's what no studying, just purely on intuition. Okay. Seriously. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So for those who are listening and feel like disconnected from themselves and trying to find like their way back to their intuition and to trust and honoring themselves and their body, you know, what are some simple ways that we can really reconnect to ourselves? I this is gonna sound like probably so simple, but it's because I feel like most people make it complicated, mm-hmm. like the journey back, you know? First of all, all presence that we are never like disconnected, but we just make a story that we are and we we do feel that way. That was my experience anyway. Mm. Like even when I would use the language of I'm so disconnected, I'm so lost, right? Because the feeling of it is is that way, but it's like our intuition, our higher mind, our essence doesn't ever just like go away, <laughs> right? right. Right. And so a big part of it is just asking yourself questions and then sitting with yourself in the space and solitude and just being a deep listening, being a deep quiet, and then being a deep listening for what's coming up. And because I find the people that are often confused haven't even done that yet. And when people do just give themselves that opportunity they realize how simple it can be because the answer is is there it's accessible and so usually it's the the quieting of the the rational mind or the analytical mind to even start to turn the volume up on what the answer even is and so you know that's why meditations often recommended but yeah i would say like pure silence ask yourself even the question of like what do i want what do i want what do I want? And you just keep repeating that. And if, if absolutely nothing came, I would be very surprised mm. if you, and I would say sit and sit until you start to, something starts to come up for you, like bubble up to the surface. Cause there's not nothingness, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? And I would say, start there because you want it to be simple when you're already overwhelmed, especially if you're going through like a deep transition or loss, like simple things feel amplified and far more difficult, right? So you want to start with a very simple way or also like what, do something that does nurture your spirit. I find when we're going through a hard time, we resist taking care of ourselves um, because we kind of beat ourselves up a bit, a bit more. It's like, it's already bad. And then we're like, oh, why can I, why don't I know what I want or what, like, why this, why this? Um, And it starts to like sabotage ourselves even more. So I would say even like for me, if I take like a walk in the forest already, it's like, I feel like a complete, I almost want to say complete transformation within like a 10 minute walk. Yeah. So whatever naturally is like fulfilling for you, like enhances the spirit and speaking to that and the the energetic body or, you know, the chakra system, um, like every choice that we make, like we're either doing one or the other, like we're draining our spirit or we're enhancing it. And so I would say anything that you choose, like a decision to enhance your spirit, a decision to create space and ask a question, like these are like, um, they really elevate how much we value ourselves. It's like, I value myself enough to sit in silence, take the time and trust that I have the answer, Mm. right? It's like, I value myself enough to nurture my spirit in this capacity today. And even that just starts to bring yourself back to like, the intuition, the, the inner knowing, right? So it's it's very small things like we talk about, you know, you also talk about like small wins, like small wins of the day to start to recreate something that you feel a little bit more disconnected to. 
I love that. I, every time I'm in nature, I'm always like, my nervous system just takes mm-hmm. the biggest sigh of relief and I can get calm and quiet. And it's just like I can enter into the forest as one person and I leave heading yes. back to her car as like somebody totally different. <gasps> I totally resonate. And yeah. Uh, yeah, each person will have um, their own sort of sanctuary. You know, I also have like the bath for that is where I, f- I find I get the most clarity. Um, and also I would say like as a, as a third one for me, like prayer is huge. Um, and whether you're praying to the universe, God, you have your own, you know, um, language to that too. But anytime we declare something, you know, that's why like we say what we want out loud and there's like, we start circulating something like there are ripple effects that happen. It's, it's the same way of asking that question or, um, yeah, just asking our own spirit team for support because I'm always, I'm not surprised, but it always like fascinates me how like held we are when we actually believe it, ask for it, and then just notice, like notice what happens after. And again, that's might seem simple, but for someone who never does anything like that, to try that and notice the, the after effects of that is really powerful. I love that. That's really yeah. beautiful. And so I'm assuming, well, you kind of did just share, I was going to ask you, what are sort of your non-negotiables for like really connecting with your intuition and just your vitality overall and all, all of that. And I'm assuming those are kind of, those are probably that <laughs> prayer. Yes. Or yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Those are, those are definitely the main ones. And then space, which I'm actually like learning even more about like the different the different expressions of space and what that looks like. Cause I do feel if my brain's any bit too noisy or I'm consuming too much or too many tabs open, like mm-hmm. I just feel automatically like I can't. Uh, and let's give a reading as example. Like if I have a reading to, to give to someone and I have so much going on and I haven't done any of those ways to nurture myself, um, I just feel like there's no way I can actually fully like blend with them and, and be for them when I'm just cluttered. Yep. And so I think space is probably one of my number one um, for, as far as being connected to my own intuition and also being able to uh, hold space for someone else in any kind of healing capacity. For sure. So like when you're saying space, you mean just like quiet? Is that what you really mean by that? Yeah. Like well, different on different days. Like for example, like now I'm going to be doing like a big um, chunk of time off social media because I just haven't had as much fun as I normally do. And I was like, okay, I've been, that's one whisper I've been getting for a while and I haven't honored it because something good will happen from it. And then I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll push it aside. Um, You know, business-wise, like I'll get an opportunity, but okay, I need to stay on. Um, and so that's a new one for me is just taking like a big chunk of time off and just seeing what shows up in that space. Sometimes it could mean, like I mentioned, like sitting in a silent meditation and noticing what comes up. Yeah. I think space means different from other people. Also like limiting when you can, when you have that privilege, I guess, to limit your like priorities or your responsibilities, Mm -hmm. you know, at any given time, just like, okay, I have too many things I'm trying to juggle how can I simplify so that I have a bit more space, even just like mentally? Totally. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I can, I can definitely. Um, I'm sure you that. can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> you can You're someone relate. who juggles a lot of different things at the yeah. same time. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's so important for me to be, just be like, no, like, how do I simplify this and what needs to be taken off my plate or what needs to be delegated out? I feel like I've been so much better at that. Mm-hmm. In the past year, for sure. And just getting really clear on like that I can't do everything at once. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, there's lots to do. There's always lots to do when, you know, you ha- you're running your own business. But mm-hmm. it's like, I-, I always remind myself of nothing's a rush. Nothing is an emergency. Nothing needs to be forced. Like here are all the things that need to get done. But out of all these things, what's what's number one. And let's just focus on that and like, let everything go to the side. I'm not going to like juggle 50 things at once. So yeah, Yeah. gone really good with that. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely important. I would imagine. I always think of it like a computer, like sometimes when my computer is disorganized or Mm -hmm. a hard drive is kind of like all over the place. I'm like, this is like, and just a pure like metaphor for what happens to us, right? When we have too much going on and we haven't organized 
or we just sort of, you know, are taking on too much. It's like, there is no space for anything else. So how would we hear our higher minds? How would we connect more to other people? Like even psychically, right? Like psychic information isn't just for a a reading, you know, (laughs) to give a reading, like it's so cool when you can sit with someone and just pick up on like what they're feeling and you can, you can actually pick up on their higher self because you're, you have so much space for them and you can expand in that way and just be with them. You're like, Oh, they say one thing and you like connect a dot for them. And you're like, yes. Oh my gosh. I just saw this and I feel this. And you know, this totally feels like a direction that I see you going in, right. It's, there's a different depth and there's a different type of relationship that can really unfold, you know, when we can, um, be in tune, right? If we're not in tune with our own intuition, we're not going to be tuned into someone else's. Totally. Absolutely. Right. So tell us more about how you work with clients. Ah, well, I guess I, I do a couple different things. Like I do some life coaching, um, for whatever type of things people are, you know, working through. Um, but I also have like a one-on-one mentorship it's called creative self-healing. And, uh, I like to call it my gem because it's, uh, something that really I cultivated over many years of my own, you know, yoga, Reiki, art, personal growth, and really took all of, I I think the highlights of what's impacted me the most and sort of put them together in a beautiful, uh, a program. And so that's something that I'm, I'm really passionate about. And that's really for anyone that I mentioned is feeling in a transitional time is in some form of grief and grief doesn't have to be loss of, you know, like loss as in a death of a loved one. Right. Like people grieve when they have to change careers and they feel like they lost their identity. Totally. People grieve when they get out of a marriage. You know, there's so many different ways that we, some people grieve their childhood they didn't have. And it's a very similar process, which I've come to know. And so anyone in a space, yeah, feeling stuck, feeling, you know, that lack of desire, lack of creativity, just really in the space where I once was, <laughs> which totally. is what I spoke to. Right. Um, and I just, yeah, I really help people just tap back into it with a simplicity, knowing that it, it's not actually as hard as we make it on ourselves. Right. And then of course my psychic mediumship work. Mm-hmm. So I really help the bereaved or anyone, you know, either in deep loss or some people are just curious, <laughs> um, bring messages from the other side to them, from their uh, family, friends, sometimes pets, (laughs) that part's new for me. Um, and yeah, just, it really helps. I love what one of my teachers said recently. It's like, we're actually here to like, you know, although we're connecting to people who have crossed over, like we're really here to liberate people that are living. Mm. Right. And I just love that. I'm like, Oh, it's so true because it's really, it's grief is something that you can stay stuck in for a really long time. And, and once you've been in that feeling like you're in the mud and you can't move, it, um, it almost gets stronger and it's harder to start to have the hope and, and the new vision for, you know, what's to come or to even have any sort of belief that there's something bigger at play, which, totally. you know, it took me a long time to even uh, believe myself because I was once angry at, at how things unfolded. And then now I'm actually so much more grateful because I see how, you know, I shared something the other day. It's like, it really became like a portal. Like the the pain that I felt became this portal that now, like now I can meet the people that I'm here to support and help. Mm. Right. It's like every time someone shows up in front of me, I'm, I'm always like, wow, I totally know why you have placed this person here. Cause I can just, I go back and I'm just able to speak to it in a way that it's almost like I didn't even know it was there. And then I just start, they start sharing and I say something. I'm like, I don't know. I know where it came from, but it almost surprises me. And so I feel like it just, um, I do believe our hardships and, and beautiful things like joys, but they do prepare us for what we're meant to do. You know, even for you, like you obviously had a journey of healing your physical body in ways. And, and you, you've shared that with people and helped other people. Right. Like, imagine you didn't have that, that challenge or that obstacle. Like, would you have ever even gotten into that work in the same way? Yeah, (laughs) totally. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, I can totally relate. Oh, well, that was so beautiful. So where can our audience connect with you and find you? Yes. You can find me on my website. My website's uh, my first name, last name, Janet Parsons.ca. So you can find 
yeah, just more of my story, but also my programs, workshops. My Instagram handle is I create my reality. And yeah, my Facebook, my name. So you can find find me on all of those and connect with me if there's any way you think I can support you or if you just want to connect. <laughs> Amazing. Well, we will put all of that in our show notes. And thank you so much for being with us today and sharing. Thank you, Sam. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really hope you enjoyed my interview with Janet. You can connect with her over on Instagram at iCreateMyReality. You can also head to her website, JanetParsons.ca, and head on over to our show notes, HolisticWellness.ca forward slash episode 156 if you want to grab the show notes and the link to learn more about Janet's creative self-healing mentorship program. And if you feel that there's a woman in your life that needs to hear this episode, please share this on Instagram, on Facebook, or whichever social media platform that you're hanging out on. Thanks for being with us today. Chat with you next week. Take care.